Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Places You'll Never Care About podcast, the show where we take a leisurely stroll through the gardens of discovery and indulge our thirst for knowledge amongst the roses that grow bright and beautiful, like a child discovering the joy of reading for the first time, or the aging retiree who struggles to remember the day's activity but can play the piano with as much grace and dexterity as ever. Life is a series of unexpected adventures. Come, let us journey together. That is journey down the A485 road in southern Wales, of course, running from Carmarthen in the south up to Aberystwyth, Aberystwyth on the west coast. This route will take us through swaths of beautiful Welsh countryside. We'll pass by lush green meadows with flocks of sheep and through many quaint, quintessentially Welsh communities which all could have made great candidates as a subject of today's episode, were it for the fact that I could pronounce their names. As we work our way north, we finally come across a town with a title that isn't comprised entirely of Y's and W's, an old market village nestled at the base of the Cambrian Mountains, namely Tregaron, population approximately 1200. Dating way back to the 13th century, Tregaron came to be as a market town for the many farmers scattered throughout the area, of course haggling for a better price at the weekly livestock market or finding reliable workers for your farm was thirsty work, and so a multitude of inns and other businesses opened to service the collection of country folk. By 1292, Tregaron received its royal charter, which I presume to be, I presume it means to be officially recognized by the crown. Everywhere I looked about Tregaron, it was like, oh, Royal Charter, 191292 or whatever. And it didn't really explain what that was, but I don't know, sounds boring. Uh, located in the heart of the Keredigian livestock rearing area. I believe I got that right. I did check it on uh, Keredigian, C-E-R-E-D-I-G-I-O-N. You might think Ceridigion or some shit like that. No, it might be Keridigion. Yeah, that's it. Keridigion. I looked that up on uh, the Google fucking pronounce thing a few days ago. Located in the heart of the Keridigion livestock rearing area, Tregaron proved to be a strategic stop for drovers taking animals to the more populous areas of southern England. Tregaron has, of course, grown and developed in a multitude of ways over history, but the farming of livestock has remained and agriculture is still its economical backbone to this day. Another long-standing constant of Tregaron is, of course, the Talbot Inn. Apparently also dating way back to the 13th century, E. Talbot, that's how you say the in Welsh, E, just a Y, it's probably, I don't, I don't know the exact pronunciation, but it's just a Y. Uh, yes, yeah, so I did just look that up. You might call that post-production research, um, you might call that overdue diligence, I'm not quite sure. I'm recording this part about a week and a half after I recorded the first part. Um, but yeah, so E in Welsh, the Y is pronounced, apparently it's pronounced E in like the southern part of Wales, and then pronounced more like U in the northern part of Wales. Um, however, Tregaron is further south than it is north, so we're sticking with E Talbot. If there's any angry Welshman out there, I sincerely apologize. Thanks. E. Talbot is steeped in history, but has been well kept over the centuries and today operates as a highly renowned restaurant in a tastefully traditional setting. Recognized as one of the great inns of Britain, 
and flexing a Michelin badge on the website. E. Talbot is well and truly the culinary jewel of Tregaron. Indeed, it is rated one of the best in Wales. The question is often asked, Where does Tregaron? And the answer is always, Well, outside the old Talbot, of course. If you intended to drive home tonight, but got a little carried away with that famous Welsh hospitality, you can uh, you can stay there. You can rent one of the Talbot's 13 guest rooms, uh, three of which are even dog-friendly for an additional £10 a night. So if your dog's drunk too, if your dog can't drive, I don't know. Uh, the Talbot has been closed recently, like so many other establishments we have discussed in the podcast, due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, uh, but is scheduled to reopen again on the 24th of May... Um, I don't know what's going on in the UK at the moment. Didn't see good the last I checked, but at the time of recording, it's only a month or so away. Uh, so I really hope that goes smoothly. It would be great to see E. Talbot back in business after, you know, it's been around for 700 years or some shit. So you'd hate to think a little little coronavirus would shut it down. Apologies to all. Yeah, so hopefully that will go smoothly. Uh, this is all very good. But there is one outstanding piece of the Talbot Inn story which certainly needs to be told and it falls well into the realm. Uh, I would adjust that to say it falls well down into the fucking black hole of unsubstantiated fact. Uh, and so once again, we'll hand over to completely unsubstantiated fact Jessica. The next voice you hear will be hers. Apparently there is an elephant buried somewhere beneath the Talbot Inn. The story goes that the elephant, named Jwambi, was part of a traveling circus touring the area in the year 1848. When it drank from a river downstream of a factory, it then died shortly after of lead poisoning. The body of the elephant was supposedly buried somewhere beneath the garden of the inn. Jesus, thanks Jessica. That was absolutely the best completely unsubstantiated fact you have imparted onto us thus far. Uh, in fact, this completely unsubstantiated fact has actually been subject to an attempt at substantiation. In 2011, a team led by an archaeology professor at the University of Wales Trinity St. David's performed an excavation of the area in which the elephant is suspected to have been buried. Given that we have just discussed this piece of history, history with completely unsubstantiated fact Jessica, it should come no it, sh it should come as no surprise to you, the listener, that this particular archaeological dig uncovered no evidence of elephant burial whatsoever. Of course, everyone who lives in Tregaron knows the story well, and somehow everyone has their own suspicions or theories about where exactly this thirsty elephant was buried over 170 years ago. The archaeology professor who led the excavation was undoubtedly disappointed not to find any elephant remains, but armed with the knowledge of every armchair archaeology expert in Tregaron. Surely it can only be a matter of time before the real resting place of Jumbi, the unlucky circus elephant, is discovered. That's, um, we should spell that out, actually. That's Jumbi. Jessica's yet to record her part for this, and I haven't heard how she's going to say it, uh, but I'm saying Jumbi. It's spelt J-W-M-B-I. So if you pronounce that, if, if there's anybody... Uh, if there's anybody who would happen to know the etymology of a name like that, um, please give us a call. <sighs> Moving on. Other unfortunate animals in Tregaron include one Facebook user's unlucky dog uh, who was accidentally hit by a car recently. Thankfully, he is okay. 
but somehow the accident caused the car's license plate to be clean ripped off. So <laughs> fucking, I'm surprised the dog's okay if it ripped the license plate off. Um, anyway, I'd just like to reiterate that the dog is okay. And in case any listeners are for some reason invested in the preservation of British vehicle registration standards, the license plate has been found in a bush nearby. Excellent. Another concerned animal owner took to the Tregaron community Facebook page recently to express his disdain for the use of fireworks near his home. His post includes the stellar quote, moronic, mentally defective people letting off fireworks. Unfortunately for this particular gentleman, it has become quite apparent that these supposedly moronic, mentally defective people letting off fireworks were in fact celebrating the cultural festival of Diwali, sparking a wee bit of backlash in the comment section, most of which pointing out the irony of calling those celebrating moronic whilst evidently being unaware of a festival celebrated by approximately a billion people worldwide. This, that's exactly the kind of small town bullshit that I love most about making this podcast. You can just imagine old mate sitting there angry in his house. Oh, fucking moronic, mentally defective people letting off fireworks. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Right. They're probably nice fireworks, at least. Um, another notable post on the Tregaron community Facebook page includes a woman desperately trying to sell an otherwise nondescript black leather couch photographed in reasonably average lighting against a beige wall, apparently used but in good condition, open to offers, need gone ASAP. Hmm. Any thoughts on that one, fellas? Ladies, I know you're watching too. Nondescript black leather couch photographed in reasonably average lighting, beige wall, used, but in good condition, open to offers, need gone ASAP. Let us know if you're interested. I suppose a few people who might not have understood that blatant casting couch reference we just made there would be the good people who frequent church, which is a very weak segue, isn't it? Uh, but you'll survive, you're fine. One particular church near Tregaron is the Soir-e-Manid Chapel. I'm certainly pronouncing that wrong. Uh, about 25 minutes drive into the Cambrian Mountains from the town itself. Usually on the PYWNCA podcast, we wouldn't consider a landmark at such a distance to be part of the township itself, and thus not really within our scope. However, considering that this chapel is indeed the most isolated in Wales, I think it's fair enough we make an exception, at least just this once. Uh, as mentioned in the introduction, Tregaron is located at the base of the Cambrian Mountains, and the only road to Soir-e-Manid, a winding lane barely wide enough for two vehicles to squeeze past each other, starts from here. So, okay, it's the most isolated chapel in Wales. So what? One of them has to be. Is that all there is to it? Well, no, you friggin' idiot. The most isolated phone box in Wales is also just a mile up the road. Still not impressed. Well, okay, how about this? Uh, in 1986, former U.S. President Jimmy Carter brought his family here on a fishing trip. He was so taken aback by the beauty of Soir-e-Manid, he was quoted as saying he had never seen anything like it before. Which is not the most eloquent of sentiments, describing a place so awash in natural beauty. But not bad for a small town in Wales on the edge of irrelevance either. 
Jimmy Carter isn't the only famed person to have enjoyed the natural beauty of Tregaron and its surrounds, however. Tregaron was home to Tumshawn Catty, the so-called Welsh Robin Hood, a famed thief and prankster who was active during the late 1500s. Details on Tum's life vary from source to source, with some saying he would use his natural wits to help make ends meet for those in poverty, whilst others claim that he was just another thieving highwayman, albeit a little bit smarter than most. One of the more famed of the tall tales regarding Tum's life is the story about how he bested a farmer who had accused him of stealing a bull. The farmer rode to the home of Tum's mother, where he was greeted by a beggar who agreed to hold the farmer's horse and whip whilst he went inside to catch Tum. No sooner had the enraged farmer entered the house when the beggar threw off his rags and climbed upon the horse. Of course, this was no beggar, but Tum himself. From here, Tum rode back to the farmer's home and told his wife that the farmer was in trouble and urgently needed a large sum of money. Tum claimed that the farmer had sent him to collect the money and had given him his horse and whip as proof that the message was legitimate and actually came from the farmer himself. The farmer's wife gave Tum the cash, and now in possession of the farmer's horse, whip, and money, he promptly rode off to London where he sold the horse. <sighs> Those were the good days. It's unclear if Tum had actually stolen the bull uh, that the farmer was initially angry about, but given the nature of his character, you could see why Tum would have been a prime suspect for such a crime. There are a handful more similar stories like this on the Wikipedia page dedicated to the life of Tum Sean Catty. Uh, should you be so interested as to look him up, just Google the Welsh Robin Hood. Although his younger years were spent as a clever-witted outlaw stealing from the rich, his later years were something quite the opposite, really. Tum had apparently robbed a rich squire and his daughter. However, he found himself so taken aback by the daughter that he later returned her stolen jewellery and attempted to seduce her. Quite understandably, however, she wasn't so keen to form such relations with a man who had previously robbed her. So, Tum did what any reasonable late mid-ages highwayman would do. He drew his dagger and threatened to cut off the woman's hand if she refused to marry him. Is this what, is this what people are talking about when they say romance is dead? Presumably still quite reluctant, but willing to keep her limbs attached, the woman agreed... And so soon thereafter, they were wed. Due to the squirehood of the bride's father, through this marriage, Tum inherited the status of a somewhat respectable gentleman and was appointed a justice of the peace soon after, meaning that he was now responsible for judging small-time crimes very similar to those he was also guilty of. This part of Tum's life seems to be kind of swept under the carpet a little bit. He's kind of, he's held in high, no he is, he's held in high historical esteem in Tregaron. Uh, there is a Tumshon Catty Community Prize presented to a student at Tregaron Primary School every year for doing a good deed around town, which is really interesting. I mean, yeah, um, anyway, obviously the forced marriage by threat of violence thing looks uh, a little, say, uh, dated um, when compared with modern values around women's rights, autonomy, and consent. Um, but yeah, that's what history looks like, I guess. The past was a pretty dogshit place for almost everyone involved. Um, I wonder if he was a decent husband after that whole 
or cut your hand off debacle? Probably not. Poor girl. Uh, another famed resident of Tregaron. That that was genuine. Poor girl. I'm, I'm sorry that happened to Tom Sean Caddy's forced wife. Another famed resident of Tregaron, one who indeed would have been appalled by the courtship tactics we have just discussed, was the Reverend Henry Richard, born 1812. Reverend Henry was Congressional Minister, a member of the British Parliament, and served as Secretary to the Peace Society for 40 years. Throughout his career, he earned the nicknames the Apostle of Peace for his work on international arbitration and the Member for Wales for his constant struggle to represent the people of Wales and Welsh affairs. Reverend Henry died in 1888, which is kind of good when you look at it, considering the somewhat non-peaceful atrocities that would occur in the following century. He is also noted for his anti-slavery work and was a follower of the temperance movement, that is the view that alcohol is the cause of many of humanity's ills and failures, which is something I strongly believe myself. Um, for this reason, his memorial statue in the center of Tregaron faces away from the E. Talbot pub that we spoke about earlier. <clears throat> speaking of, speaking actually, segue of the day, but blah, 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 blah. Segway of the day. day. According to the 2011 census, 67% of the population of Tregaron can speak Welsh, which is far greater than the national average of just 19%. One of those Welsh speakers runs a YouTube channel where he calls himself Weatherman Walking. He just films himself hiking through the countryside and provides little commentary on points of interest, which is nice. Uh, what was most helpful to me, however, was the fact he actually spoke the word Tregaron. Before stumbling across this video, I had only read the word in my head or said it out loud to myself, having no idea if that was in fact the right way to say it. Unsurprisingly, I had it wrong the whole time. I had been saying like Tregaron as if it was the name of like a dragon from Game of Thrones or some like town on the borders of Rohan and Gondor, Lord of the Rings kind of shit. Uh, where the man walking also taught me the pronunciation of the name Tom Sean Caddy, the Welsh Robin Hood. You probably didn't pick up on this due to the fact that my Welsh, or should I say my Cymraeg, is now fluent, but the name Tum is in fact spelt T-W-M. Kind of a pretty name. When, I mean, like, at the start, it sounds kind of... But it's kind of grown on me. I had been feeling a little anxious about how badly I was going to butcher these pronunciations, considering that this recording will likely be publicly accessible in at least some capacity long after my own death. Like we always say here at PYWNCA headquarters, knowledge is forever, but so is cringe. Moving on. The Tregaron Wikipedia page has a small section devoted to public transport. However, this simply states that there is no public transport, as Tregaron is bypassed on the Aberystwyth to Carmarthen route, so you'll need a car to get around. Once you're here, but we suggest checking out the nearby Strata Florida Abbey, Rated number one thing to do in Tregaron on TripAdvisor. If you recall the places you'll never care about podcast episode five, where we covered Dunkerswill in Devon, uh, you might remember the Cistercian monks who ran an abbey there and lived what could only be considered the most willingly miserable lives imaginable. Remember those dudes? Uh, well, the Strata Florida Abbey near Tregaron was also a Cistercian monastery. Founded sometime in the mid-12th century, 
Presumably nothing fun happened there for 200 years, and then it was taken over by Henry IV in the early 1400s to be used as a military garrison against Welsh Rebellion. After about 20 years of that shit, the monastery was given back to the Cistercian monks who promptly resumed a life seemingly devoid of any pleasure or amusement. However, only just over 100 years later, King Henry VIII, everybody remembers him, uh, was having, he was having a whinge about some shit going on with the Catholic Church. So he had all the monasteries in England and Wales sacked and sold off, essentially. I hope that's true. It doesn't feel true, but I, I mean, I wrote this a while back, and I guess I did fact-checking at the time. Anyway, uh, today the Strata Florida Abbey, the Strata Florida Abbey, stands as a collection of ruins from a time long since past. But it does have a 4.5 star rating on TripAdvisor, so go check that out. While you're in town, why not head round to Jane Beck's store of fantastically crafted Welsh blankets. <clears throat> not only does she stock a beautiful range of traditional quilts and blankets, but also a large collection of other soft furnishings, accessories, and clothing. Oh, and would you look at that, Christmas is just around the corner. Christmas was just around the corner when I wrote this, so why not pop into Jane Beck's and pick something up for the traditional Welsh quilt lover in your life? Unsolicited product placement. If you happen to be visiting during September, then you might just be lucky enough to find yourself at the annual Tregaron Eisteddfod, Eisteddfod, and Eisteddfod, for those of us less familiar with Welsh culture, is a festival with adjudicated competitions for poets, musicians, and other cultural kind of disciplines, I guess you could call them. Eisteddfods are an important part of celebrating the Welsh language and culture in general, uh, and to have success in any of these disciplines is considered a big deal in Welsh society. It so happens that Tregaron was the nominated host location for the 2020 National Eisteddfod. However, that had to be postponed until 2021 due to that, what was it, that, uh, that oh, coronavirus. Yeah, that's the one. Um, again, not sure how things are in the UK at the moment, but surely by August we'll be good to go, right? Uh, fingers crossed for the National Eisteddfod. And yeah, that just about wraps it up for our small Welsh town of Tregaron, a lovely wee village nestled up against some moderately sized hills that they call mountains, a friendly community, unless you enjoy letting off fireworks, and a fancy old pub that almost certainly does not have an elephant buried beneath it. So why not quit that fancy office shop? Give up your corporate dreams. You know, you know deep down, and you're, you fucking do know this, that it will never make you happy. Buy a small plot of land and a few sheep, or maybe try your luck at ambushing rich landlords as they journey along the winding forest paths. They might even have a nice daughter with them. Learn Welsh, for God's sake. There is something here for everyone. Come to Tregaron. You might not hate it.